0: Not sure if you're like me, but um, I like getting my record stuck on certain songs and that's a good one to get yours stuck on. And so I would encourage you that if you don't know the lyrics to that, um, you can look them up and find them. And uh, that's a good one to be singing throughout your day. And then when you get to the part that no one knows what to do about, you can do whatever you want, all right? So on the you are my all in all part. And so anyways, I always enjoy watching you guys when you don't know what to do, like, uh, uh. and so some of you, some of you just belt it out no matter what, some of you just let it go, all right? I'm, I'm one of the ones that I'm not confident enough in my singing to maybe make a, <laughs> make a statement with what I do and what I say, and so I'm holding my coffee cup because um, yesterday, this is a big week for Crosspoint, so Jordan and Brittany had their baby on Monday morning basically Uh, and then we went up yesterday and Friday for, um, I guess Thursday technically too, um, for Hannah and Chandler's wedding in Gatlinburg. And so it was cool. But um, I don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago, I put a styrofoam cup of coffee, or I think it was actually water. So even less cool um, uh, in my thing and made a joke that like, you know, sometimes when you have preachers that have like these cool open front pulpits, that um, they all have like these cool cups or they put like Fiji water in there or something like that. And so they gave me this specifically for my podium. so that I can have a Crosspoint logo on my thing. And I actually have coffee in it. This is like one of the first like few cups of coffee that my wife and I have had in like three months. And so anyways, it is a good day. I've got a cool little mug. These, do any of you drink out of these things? Like these like canisters or whatever? How does it feel like that they make the coffee hotter? Does anybody else feel like that? Like you could drink it straight out of the pot and it wouldn't burn you. But then you put it in like one of these metal things. And it's like, how did it warm it up? That doesn't make sense to me. And so I actually, like sometimes they're so hot. So I'm a sissy and I put an ice cube in mine today. And so it it is like on point right now when I can't drink it because now I have to talk. All right. So First Thessalonians chapter number 4 is where we're going to be. Uh, we are not going to finish out the chapter because there's a little thought in between uh, two thoughts here and so last week we talked and for those of you who once again this was last week was your first week in here um, I felt bad to maybe just start off with uh, purity on the first week but um, I had many of you come talk to me afterwards and say that I need to do it more and uh, be more candid and so uh, we'll work on that we'll maybe save that for like a split session or something but anyways uh, we did uh, go through it uh, verse by verse and um, so that got us To that passage last week, and then this passage is really in the same thought, but it covers different topics, and so what we've kind of done is we've named this Practical Tips for Living in Light of Eternity, so for those of you that are just joining us, we've been in a verse-by-verse series going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Um, For those of you who are maybe unfamiliar with verse-by-verse, we do that a lot in this class because we like to take a book and try to figure out really the whole theme of it. Um, I believe that's the way the Bible uh, reads, I believe that's the way that many of you read your Bible. Bible, you don't just pick up, uh, pick up your Bible and let it fall open, at least I hope you don't, and then just start from there. And so a lot of times we do, do, we, we do as well, verse by verse uh, um, studies, and so uh, we are in First Thessalonians and we've entitled it Living in Light of Eternity. And so living in light of eternity the reason for that theme and really that series title is because Paul is writing this back to the Church of Thessalonica and he's really trying to cover some things that while he was with them he might have missed' we'll cover some things that he maybe didn't get an opportunity to cover and he specifically is wanting to point them back to eternity we got to this book and we really got to this thought in this series as a result of our theme for this year as a church family someone want to tell me what our theme is just one word unmovable Unmovable. good job thank you I was gonna tell you just look at your bulletin anybody know what passage it's from Who gets bulletins anymore? 1 Corinthians 15.58 Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. And so the only way that we can be unmovable in this world is if our eyes are on something that is not of this world. And so 1 Thessalonians is where we've gotten to that. Today is going to be super practical, and so I want you to pull your notes out. Really, today, I will go ahead and tell you that the application is not going to be so much in the lesson as much as what you do with it and so let me encourage you that if you didn't grab the handouts on the way in that you grab some of those on the way out we've got a few more notebooks over there if you want a three ring binder we do hole punch them there's two sheets and so um, if you want to grab a binder to throw those in but there's some evaluation questions some application questions that I think will be a help to you but 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 verse number 9 is where we will begin so he's continuing really with the thought of sanctification how how do you become set apart how do you become separated he went specifically on a topic for about eight verses on purity and then he continues in verse number nine with this verse but as touching brotherly love ye need not that i write unto you for ye yourselves are taught of god to love one another that wording is important we'll come back to that under the uh, when we talk about that point And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. Let's go and just for sake of recall, go look at verse number one of the, of the chapter where Paul says this. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. So just in a few short verses, he says, we want you to do this. But we want you to do it more and more. So he's trying to encourage them to grow. He's trying to encourage them to increase. Verse number 11. If you have a habit of marking in your Bible, of starring in your Bible, of highlighting in your Bible, whatever, I would encourage you to do that with this verse. Verse number 11. And that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Obviously, that verse was not written in 2021, okay? Obviously, it is very relevant for 2021. We're going to come back and read it again here in a second, okay? What happens when you do that? That ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of of nothing. Would you go back and would you read verse number 11 out loud together with me? Ready, begin. And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. That's a pretty powerful verse. Now, I know that you can step back and you can say, well, that was written uh, close to 2,000 years ago. You're right, but there is a lot of relevance in that verse for how we live today. That you study That you learn to be quiet. That you learn how to mind your own business is basically what it says. To do your own business. To work with your hands. To create something that you are proud of. So much of our life and our world today revolves around we follow who's the least quiet, don't we? We follow who's in everyone else's business. We pay attention to those who maybe have taken and have built something of, of, off of someone else's work. That's what we glorify, that's what we respect, but yet in this verse, counterculturally, as Scripture often is, the Bible says that you study to be quiet, that you learn how to do your own business and that you learn how to make something with your own hands. And he gives a reason for that. And so with that in mind, we're going to really talk about practical tips for living in light of eternity from these couple of verses. Let's pray. We'll ask God to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity you've given us once again to look into your word. Lord, I pray that there would be someone in this room that would take the verses that have been laid out before us, and Lord, that they would find spirit-filled application to their heart and to their lives. Lord, there's many in this room that they would benefit from a time of study to be quiet. There is many in this room that would benefit from a time of maybe just minding their own business or just focusing on what you have for them. Lord, there's others in this room that maybe you need to help them increase in their brotherly love of those around them. Lord, we do all this and we, we follow your word and we obey your word, not just because it is right and what is best, but Lord, because it does have an impact on those around us, and Lord, both on, on us as well. And so God, I ask you to help us to take these words, take your words, apply them to our hearts, apply them in our lives. Lord, give me the words to say as I speak. In your name we pray. Amen. Many times, when I'm talking to people about young adult ministry and when I'm talking to people about college ministry, one of the things, one of the statements that I'll use, and it even applies to me, is that we're kind of the Lego generation, okay? The Lego generation, in that really everything for us has been almost laid out step by step. And sometimes when Christianity isn't laid out for us step by step, it gets difficult. So I try, I try very hard to not be vague in some things. I try very hard to give you practical things that you can walk out of this room and apply to your lives. Mainly because I'm like that. I don't like to maybe hear someone tell me all these grandiose things about Christianity, and then I walk out and I think, wow, that was great. What do I do with it? And sometimes we need just these simple step-by-step things of this is what you do in the Christian life. And as Paul is writing to this Thessalonican church, this Thessalonian church, he's writing and he just kind of takes a brief pause in these couple of verses and he does it again at the end of the book where he says, let me just give you some practical, just grab onto things that you can take and that you can apply to your life that will help you live in light of eternity. And so really what we're going to talk about is probably a part one of three. We won't get to the later parts until uh, the end of the next chapter, chapter number five. But he gives us just really three thoughts real quick. Right after he takes some serious topic of sexual purity, he says, let me give you three thoughts that will help you live in light of eternity. And the first one that I want to draw your attention to is a command to follow. A command to follow. He says this in verse number nine. He says, but as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. It's interesting to me that out of all the things that he writes... And all the things that he wants to clarify he says i don't need to clarify brotherly love i don't need to clarify any of that why would he say i don't need to clarify that you love one another In most of the other epistles that paul writes and even by the time you get to first john and you look at the one that john writes you look in first peter second peter there's all mention of how to love someone else but when paul writes back to the thessalonian church he says you don't need me to touch on brotherly love and here's why he says, For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we bes- that ye increase more and more. He gives the reason for why he doesn't need to talk about it, and here's his reasoning. Because God's already told you about it. His reason for not touching on a topic is because God had already taught it. Now, as a parent, let me just say this, okay? I told my wife the other day, I said... You know, someone needs to like come up with some little cliche like cardboard, not cardboard, but like wooden sign with like some cool scripty font or something on it that says, parenting is just a series of repeating the things that you've already said over and over again. We took our kids to the wedding and I felt like the whole time I was saying, don't touch that, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Like, what, what does don't touch? Stop. Don't do don't do do not that. Like, don't, don't put your head under the water for three and a half minutes in the cold pool that's beside the cabin. Don't do that. Stop. Like, it just is a matter of repeating things over and over again. And like our daughter Baylor, when you say something to her you're like Baylor I already told you don't do that and she looks at you and says well I forgot okay and she like gets real weepy on you and she like starts to break down and like okay well forgetting is not an like, like okay you can forget to not do some things but you can't forget to not stick your finger in an electrical socket okay you can forget to not like you can't forget to not that's like a one-time mistake that you don't really get back all right And sometimes in Christianity, we act the same way as children. In that when it comes to brotherly love, when it comes to loving one another, because it's not life or death, well, we can forget. And Paul says this when he writes back, he says, I'm not even going to take the time to do that, because God has already taught you to do that, and you're already doing it. And so I wonder this in our own lives. What is it in the Christian life, not just brotherly love, not just love for one another, but what is it in the Christian life that we have forgotten? What is it that maybe we've just taken for granted? Oh yeah, I'll get to that when I can. And it's interesting to me that he says, I don't need to talk about this because God has already talked about it. Sometimes, you know, as a as maybe a coworker, or as a parent or, or for those of you who are maybe friends with each other or if you work alongside of each other at a job there's something about a command that carries weight isn't there your buddy can come up b- beside you and they can say hey you shouldn't do that <laughs> okay who are you to tell me what to do a coworker can come up beside you and can say hey just a reminder like we probably shouldn't do that okay mr goody two shoes but then guess what? When the boss walks in and says, hey, let's not do that, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I wasn't planning on doing it, right? We, all, we act like, oh, yeah, I wasn't going to do that. Why? Because there's gravity to the command based upon who gives it. And the command to love one another is not a command that comes from John. It's not a command that comes from Paul, although we should respect them. It's not a command that comes from Joel as your teacher. It's not a command that comes from Pastor Norris as your pastor. The command to love one another is straight from the lips of Jesus Christ. When he says, By this shall all men know that ye love the, that ye are my followers and that ye love one another. And sometimes the way that we do something in the Christian life, the reason why we're not good at it or the reason why we maybe don't do something is simply because we have not elevated it to the command and the gravity that this is coming directly from God. This is coming directly from Jesus Christ. So there's a command to follow, but then secondly, there's not only a command to follow, there's a concentration to feed. I want to explain this to you, okay? A concentration to feed. I normally don't alliterate if it doesn't make sense. This makes sense, but I'm going to have to explain it, okay? So get ready to take some notes. Verse number 11, he says, and that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to, do your own, and to do work with your own hands as we commanded you. As a society, and I'm learning this more and more, and I want you to listen to this because not all of our classes are like this, okay? We, we illustrate with some stuff, but let me just talk to your heart for just a second. As a society, we are so distracted. We are so sidetracked. And sometimes when I sit down with maybe young singles or I sit down with other people in this room or maybe I get an opportunity to sit down with a teenager or whatever, it's amazing to me the things that we have allowed in our life. It's amazing to me the time that we'll spend on things that don't matter. I just read a statistic, I shared the one about the iPhone last week about how many times the average iPhone user touches their phone but I just saw something the other day that said that by the time the average Gen Z, or I don't think it applied to millennials, but the, by the time the average Gen Z person uh, generation reaches the age of 21, they'll have played over 10,000 hours of video games. 10,000 hours. Uh, the stat that I read uh, referred back to a man that, uh, I can't even remember who said it, but basically made the statement that if you want to be an expert at anything, to spend 10,000 hours on it. And so what has our generation and our society done? We've chosen to spend 10,000 hours clicking buttons. And I know that some of you will walk out and be like, oh man, but, but Joey's harping on, on video games. I don't care what you do with your time, but I do care about what you do for Jesus Christ. And if you can't open your word, of, if you can't, oh, the, like we talk about our phones being a distraction and all these, oh, you can download the Bible app on your phone. You can pick out a, like, it doesn't, like, you... Well, you're persecuted, okay? Like, it, it, it's not that hard. You're going to do it anyways and look at something. So why not take 10 minutes and read your, read your Bible? Why, why not take 15 minutes and work through a devotional? Why not listen to some preaching on your phone? And when we look at Christianity and why it's crumbling and why there's marriages that are splitting up and why there's, there's people who, whatever, okay, go off the deep end, who don't want to be involved in the church, who, who don't want to share the gospel with others, when we look at that, here's what I come back to say. We can say all we want, we don't have time for it, but that's just an outright lie. I'm not going to give you any little meme or Facebook thing to go along with it. It's just a lie, Okay? We have time for what we value. We have time for what's important to us. And there's some of us in this room, and this is not a blanket statement because I think there's many good Christians who walk with God and who you would be willing to sacrifice other things to make more time for God and I think that's great. I hope you learn those habits now. But in this verse he says that ye study to be quiet and to mind your own business and to work with your own hands. If we were to give you that test over this past week, how would you have done? I've said this before and used Psalm 46.10 as proof for it. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. You're never going to know the power of God in busyness, only in stillness. And you want to know the reason why you maybe don't have a personal relationship with God or God's not working in your life or God hasn't changed anything in your life is because you simply haven't been still and quiet enough for Him to do anything. We've made it to where we can numb our minds with society. We were just in Gatlinburg, holy smokes. As we were driving out, it was like two gazillion people on that little main street and it was driving me insane like I'm not that patient of a person but it's set me in traffic and I'm even more impatient okay and I told Lauren I said to think (laughs) who founded the Smoky Mountains was it Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett or one of those frontiersmen or whatever I said to think that this is like when when uh, let's just say Daniel Boone okay when Daniel Boone founded the Smoky Mountains do you think that he walked and you know what one of these days, I can see a science museum with an upside-down house right over there <laughs> and an ape swinging from the top of the wax museum. Like, is that really what we've, we've turned to But it's because nature in and of itself is not going to be attractive to anybody, right? You can't just have a pretty waterfall and the highest point of, of Tennessee and North Carolina. You have to have that and a wax museum with an ape hanging off the side of it, okay? And an upside-down house and putt-putt and all and go-karts and go-karts that go up 35 stories and skydiving and bungee. J- Why? Because as a society we can't even slow down enough at vacation spots that are beautiful that are God's handiwork to just say this is what God has made for us. We have to have God's beauty and our own cultural distractions. Now, does that mean that tomorrow when you start tearing down everything, that's like, no, I, that's not what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. When you look at society, when you look at humanity as a whole, we fail 0 for 3 in this verse. We're not good at being quiet, which is probably why he said study to be quiet. Oh, I have to, stu- I have to take a test on quietness? We probably should, Okay? next time you go to sit and wait on something you're in a you're in a restaurant let's say you go to a restaurant with your family today okay i want you to sit down in the restaurant they say oh yes uh that norris party of five that'll be a 25 minute wait i want you to sit in the dining room waiting area and not look at your phone i bet you you can't do it i bet you even out of habit you would reach in it and i bet you everyone around you if you look would be on theirs too why Because we can't do quiet. We're bad at it. The other day I knew what I was gonna be teaching on. I had to drive to uh, Nashville for something. So I, I hopped in the car and I thought, I'm gonna work at being quiet. You know what? I wasn't even past medical center and I thought, I need a podcast. And I was like, no, you dork, you're working on being quiet. Why? Because we have so much noise at our fingertips that we don't have to learn how to be quiet. We don't have to learn how to mind our own business. We check Facebook, why? So that we can be in other people's business, right? We have social media so that we can be nosy. Oh, I can't believe they got that kind of car. I can't believe they posted that, I'm gonna comment. We're bad at this verse. But here's what we miss out when we, miss all, when we don't listen to it. It says that you study to be quiet that you work with your own hands, that you mind your own business, and here's what this brings. Look at verse number 12. It brings a conversation to enjoy. A conversation to enjoy. When you spend your time concentrated and feeding your life with God, it brings a lifestyle, a conversation that you can step back on and you can say, you know what, this feels different. I want you to look at this in verse number 12. What's the result? That ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. Can I, once again, just talk, I'm sure I've already made some of you mad. I'll I'll be honest with you. I'm not saying that I don't care. I'm just saying that I want to speak the scriptures, okay? Because we are in, long before COVID-19 ever became a pandemic, we are in a much worse pandemic as a society. We are sin sick. The gospel solves that. Salvation solves that. But unfortunately for many Christians, which is who I think I'm speaking to in this room, we might have had our soul saved for eternity, but we have no clue how to live for Christ in light of eternity. We've got a ticket punched to heaven. We're going to escape hell. And for most of us in the room, that might be okay. And if that's where you're at in life, then this next part's not for you. But if you say, you know what? My relationship with Christ is lacking. Don't don't even put yourself in a relationship with Christ yet. Let's just say, if you've found this life to be somewhat empty... If you found the 10,000 hours of video games to be empty. If you found maybe sexual immorality from the previous verses to be empty. If you found maybe the life that you're living, chasing success, chasing whatever, chasing a Instagram feed, chasing social media, chasing all these. If you found that to be empty, then here's your answer. Study to be quiet. Mind your own business. What did Paul say in the book of Acts? He says that he would live quiet and peaceably with all men. That's Paul. Okay, he was a pretty confrontational guy. And yet the goal of his life was that he would live quiet and peaceably with all men. And yet for many of us, we go and we look for a fight. We look for a problem. To mind your own business and to work with your own hands. What do you get out of that? I want you to notice this from the, va- from the passage, from the verse. You get an external impact and you get an internal impact. The external impact is that those around you, says, that you may walk honestly toward those who are without. Those that are lacking in life. He says that you can walk in and you can walk honestly before them. Have you ever seen someone who's very insecure with maybe who they are? Maybe there's someone even in this room, very insecure with who they are. And so what do they do? They walk in and they immediately have to dishonestly show themselves. They have to talk about themselves a lot. They have to make fun of others. They have to degrade someone else. Why? because they're not comfortable with who they are. They haven't done the, the personal private work, so guess what? They have to come into the room and they have to make sure that everyone else knows that they're better than they are. No one enjoys being around that type of person. And so they can't walk honestly toward those are without. Whether it be finances, whether it be looks, whether it be personality, they can't walk honestly toward them, but then guess what? They also are the ones searching, because he says this, that you, may have lack of no, that you may lack nothing. And here's my challenge for you today. If you're going to live in light of eternity, if you're going to live like the life that you are going toward is bigger than the life that you have down here, it's going to require you to stop and love some people along the way. Let's just be honest. Most of the reasons why we don't love those around us is because we don't want to take the time to do it. That's the story of the Good Samaritan. There were other people that passed by that were more qualified to help the man, and yet they passed by. Why? Because they didn't want to take the time to show the love of Christ. When we talk about loving someone else, there's really nothing better or more Christian that we can do than to love those that are around us. And Paul says, I want you to increase more and more in that. But then there's some of us that we need to take verse number 11 and we need to let it seep into our souls. We need to take some time and study to be quiet. I think the reason why he said that you've got to study is because right now if I handed out a test about quietness, we'd all fail it, wouldn't we? But he says you've got to study. You've got to learn. It's not natural. You don't have to study for things that are natural, but we have to study to be quiet. There's some of us that we just need to step back and we need to mind our own business. There's some things in this life that aren't worth starting a fight over. Salvation in the gospel? Okay, let's talk about that. But every little thing that comes down the pike, that's not worth starting a fight for. And there's some of us that we need to take the spiritual, scriptural practice of creating something with your own hands. Do you want to know what is the best remedy for staying out of everyone else's business and learning to be quiet? is when you don't have your own self together. When you're looking at the things that you're trying to build with your own hands, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, everything I touch is falling to gold. I'm the opposite of King Midas. Everything everything I touch is falling apart. When you're busy trying to do something for yourself and do something for God, you don't have time to worry about anyone else's problems. You don't have time to be the guy who's always piping up and say, well, let's do this, let's do that. Let's spend some time focusing on what God has for us. Studying to be quiet. Building with our own hands. Minding our own business. And here's why. So that when we walk into a room, we may be able to walk honestly toward those that are without. And that we may have lack of nothing. And here's what I think that he's saying in that verse. You will get a physical kickback from doing verse number 11. You do verse number 11 well enough, I think you'll even see a financial kickback. There are people that are carnal people that follow biblical business principles that see results because it's biblical. Okay? Character counts, no matter how you slice it. But I think you'll also see a spiritual kickback in this, that you will find that what God gives you in return causes you to lack nothing. I I encourage you. We need to start closing (laughs) our doors. Bless our hearts. I encourage you, okay? Take this week. Go off social media. Take this week. Go off video games. I don't think we've got a lot of gamers in here, so I can make that statement. Go off video games. Take this week and turn your cell phone off and sit and read your Bible for an hour. Now, I don't think that you'll do that and you're like, oh, Joel said to do this and that I would get a financial kickback, so I'm going to read my Bible for an hour and then I'm going to check my bank account. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> Here's what I'm talking about. I think that what you'll find is the satisfaction that you, that you feel and that you experience from doing what God has told you to do will be so much greater than the satisfaction you feel from what culture has told you to do. Culture says you have to have social media. Culture says that you have to play video games. Culture says that you have to have the latest, be up to date on the latest Netflix series. That's what culture says. So why don't we do what scripture says and not do any of those things? And see if the satisfaction that we receive in return is greater than the satisfaction of what we might have gotten out of those things. I don't know about you, but if I watched every show that everyone has told me to watch, I don't, I don't even know where... I don't, I don't have that long of a life, okay? I grow weary with everybody that I thought. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. I don't even know where to find that that you're telling me to go watch, okay? So why don't we stop and just say... Hey, have you read this book? Have you read this passage of Scripture? Have you read this psalm? No one's asking those things, are we? We're all asking, how have you kept up with society? How have you kept up with culture? And so this week, let's press a pause on culture. Let's press the start button on our spiritual life. And I want you at the end of the week to take an evaluation and tell me which one. Tell yourself. Don't tell me. I don't care what you find, okay? Tell yourself, tell God, which one was more satisfying, his way or culture's way. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray. We'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give us to look into your word. Lord, I pray that you would help me to have clearly articulated what you have for us in these verses. Lord, I know that verse number 11 is not something that we are good at, not something that we are natural at. But God, I ask you to help us to take it. Apply it to our hearts, apply it to our lives. Lord, there will be many in this room that can read that verse and they know exactly what they need to do. They know exactly what they need to change. It could be something that I never even touched on. God, I ask you to help us to take your word seriously, to take your way seriously. Lord, the rewards and the benefit and the abundance of the Christian life is not just found because we open up your word once or twice a week. Lord, is found by living the way that you tell us to live. And many times that's not going to be popular. So God, I ask you to help us to follow your command to love others, to feed our concentration and our focus on you, and to get to enjoy this lifestyle and this conversation that you promised in your word. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, you're dismissed. Have a good Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.